Welcome to the Dog Nerd Show, where we geek out over our best friends. I'm Megan. And I'm Michael, and this is a show about all things dog. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Do we have an awesome show in store for you today? Oh, yeah. Fascinating, to say the least. This is a fantastic interview, and we are really excited about it. Yeah, so we have Tammy Billups, who is a healer and author, and she focuses on her work with humans and animals. And it is just really cool. One of the coolest things is that you will find that she is similar to a character that I wrote that I made up this ability that she had. And lo and behold, people actually have this ability. So it's pretty cool interview. It's very cool. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our channel to see more interviews like this. And um, this is an episode where we hope it gives you some insight into our animals and um, just the connections we have with them. Awesome. So um, we are here today with Tammy Billups, who is an author and healer. Is that the right way to describe you? Yes. Okay, so um, Soul Healing for with Our Animal Companions was the first book that I found from Tammy. Actually, we did a book signing together that benefited a local rescue group. And her newest book is Animal Soul Contracts, Sacred Agreements for Shared Evolution. So it is a real treat to have Tammy on. I think the coolest thing that happened when we were at that book signing was I was telling you about my book, you were telling me about your book, and when you told me what you do with animals, I was like, I wrote that my character Riley does that. And I didn't know it was a thing. So in the Riley Carson series, Riley goes through some, some life altering instances involving animals to really big events. And she realizes that she, she goes to a, um, a, a rescue uh, event with her friend and her friend's mom and she touches a dog and actually feels what it feels and then has flashes of what its life was like and I just made that out of my head and then when I met you I was like oh like that can really happen <laughs> so that wow, was wow that's incredible that was a really neat moment so um so tell us Tammy about your background how you got started and how you found out that you had this ability. <laughs> well, it's interesting because my background, you know, if I'm looking at my full background, you know, I was real mainstream. I've always been kind of a builder wanting that next, you know, position, wanted to grow, wanted to change, wanted to take on more responsibility. And I, you know, at 30, I was over and I was with a retail company and I was over their stores nationwide wow. by the time I was 30. And then when I was mid thirties, I had, and I had gone as far as I could with that company, I got into executive recruiting and I thought initially I was just going to get into management because I'd always been in management and, um, and it just turned out to be something completely different. And, you know, it, it was so much about, I was helping others, helping people find positions, helping people move forward to the next phase in their life. But a lot of it was about um, the money for me. I would have in that whole, well, if I make more money, I'll be happy. So I do kind of have that typical kind of background where I was thinking, you know, about, it's not all of what I did, of course. And I was, it was never just about, but it was in there that I 
consciousness was around, you know, if I have more money, uh, that will resolve my problems and I'll be happier. I think that's that's something that everybody deals with. I think everybody can relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and then you go through these big wampum life changes, like what I went through towards the end of 1999, when my mother was diagnosed at 63 years of age um, with, you know, stage five melanoma cancer Mm. and, and me being the responsible one in the family you know, I, they were, mom and dad lived in Phoenix at that time. And I took off and went out there to kind of manage her process. And I was the one dealing with the doctors, you know, cause she was the stronger of the two personalities. So it's like, you know, I, I went out there and helped her with that and through that process. You know, I was raised with zero religion. I mean, there are pluses and minuses of that actually, because now I can look at, you know, and see the gifts in so many different ones, but, but through mom's passing, I mean, she started talking to people that had passed on the other side and she would get in these conversations. She goes, oh, I was just talking to so-and-so and I knew that that person had passed. Wow. And, and that, was just on, that was just a whole new world for me. You know, it, it was just a, I, that it was never on the radar thinking about what happens after we pass or it's just never been in my realm, the scope of where I'd been. I was always career oriented. Yeah. And so you know, I was fascinated by, you know, that process. And I would ask mom, well, what do you guys talk about? You know, (laughs) and, and I was just a student of of who, you know, made me feel so good to know that she was going to be greeted and that life didn't end. And that really changed me. And so through her passing, um, and it was like maybe three weeks after she passed, when I got back home, no, 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 no. It was actually more than that. About a month later, I think. Um, but when I got back home from Phoenix after helping take care of Dad more, um, my first cat, Kalua, um, you know, she was. I'd always had animals around me, and because I did this career thing and I moved all the time and I traveled all the time, I didn't get in a long-term relationship. I was just so much about career, so of course I had animals right because we need you know this social contact you know the personal contact regardless and they were my babies yeah they were my kids you know I didn't have two leggings and so I put everything into them and so while it was difficult to lose mother we hadn't been together in each other's life for a long time saw each other once or twice a week but three weeks after I got back and then Kahlua passed and that was my first big loss and of course those that are in our life and, you know, we sleep with them and we, you know, spend our every day with them can affect, as you guys know, so much more. And because I knew realization of that there is this afterlife and there's this spirituality, um, I can remember just sitting and crying, like, God, let her come back and live with me. And I was like screaming and crying to the ceiling because mom hated cats. I thought she's not going to greet her. <laughs> You're making me get misty here because I'm you know, that person. That, that was my thought process at the time. And, um, and so that night, all of a sudden, I turned off the light. Kalua was the most routine cat in the world. You know, I mean, she was like a dog with that, you know the light I turn on my side you know and then boom she jumps up out of nowhere and you know she's in the room and bing 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 around and then I looked at my blanket and she was underneath the bed under my knees every single night well that night after she passed 
when I went to bed and did that, I felt a cat jump on my bed. And it went bing, 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 bing. And I was like, I got up, I turned on the light, I'm looking. I'm like, it's no cat. Wow. I, I mean, I was very awake yes. and very cognizant. Yeah. And, um, and it was within you know, a couple of weeks, all of a sudden I could see her. Wow. And it was, it was so wild for me, just like it would be for anybody who had never had that ability before. Yeah. But all of a sudden I did. And then it just kept growing to the point where within a few months, I could see into 14 different dimensions. And I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I don't know why it happened other than it led me onto this new path. Yeah. And, you know, I had, I told you I had three pets at that time. Well, they all three passed within, you know, a few months when I went through that big life change. Oh my so while it was one of the, well, it was the worst year of my life and it was the best year of my life because yeah. I awakened to the new me and to my life purpose. Wow. And that's how I got started was just um, through that difficult year and having that awakening, which led to having these abilities that I didn't even know were possible. And if somebody would have told me before that time, I would have rolled my eyes and said, oh, you probably drinking a little bit too much there or, or, or something, but it was happening to me and I knew I wasn't crazy. And, and I was, uh, was going to say, how did that make you like, how did you feel about it? Did you feel like, okay, what's happening? Am I losing my mind? Or did, were you just like, you knew it was, you, I, it was very scary actually because I wasn't just seeing Kalua after a while and I was very private, you know, as an introvert, you know, and, and so I didn't know, I didn't even know who to talk to about it. Right. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what books to buy. I didn't know anything. I never once thought I was crazy. I knew it was a very tangible, real experience yeah. because I would have conversations with these beings on the other side. And I knew it was real. I just, you know, that whole social thing where you, don't want to tell your friends and family because you know that they're going to label you like what you would do <laughs> if it hadn't happened to you, yes. you know? And so I was kind of, it was really a very frightening year because what came along with that was it all of these memories from my childhood of horrible abuse that I didn't realize I had oh. that I had repressed. Oh, and no. so those all came up. I could talk. I should write a book about that year, actually. I know. I was just thinking <laughs> yeah, that that would be, yeah. it would probably be healing for a lot of people to, to hear that story. Yeah. So that's really how I got on this path. Wow. And then I did ultimately, you know, I was guided at You'll Laugh because the person who ended up being the best healer and teacher and mentor for me through that time and many, many years beyond that was someone that my hairdresser recommended I call. Wow. <laughs> and he had just lost his mother. And, and I said to him one day, and I, you know, jokingly, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, my mom's still around, you know, because I was seeing her and talking to her, you know, her soul. And, and then he just looked at me and he goes, you too? And I said, oh, my gosh. And then it just started after that where yeah. all of a sudden I started meeting all these people who had had similar experiences and you know how that happens, wow. right? You know, it's like you get pregnant, all of a sudden everybody's pregnant around you. <laughs> everybody's got a broken leg and they're yeah. talking to you about it. And then all of a sudden I just started getting connected to others. And he referred me to someone who ended up being just, uh, you know, I could really credit her with really saving, saving souls 
it was an extraordinary process. And she had a certification program to to know what to do with this gift to help others. Oh, wow. It was a four-year certification to help people identify and you know their emotional wounds and how to heal them energetically. Okay. Which is what I do. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. And it's it's fascinating. So in your opinion, do you think most people have this ability? It just, it's not turned on. I mean, I think anybody can have this ability. Absolutely. If you, if it's in your soul path, if it's part of your destiny to, to have this be revealed in this way and utilize it to help others, I think that will happen. Do Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of homeless people that are walking around talking to people on the other side that are labeled crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's fascinating. Well, it's interesting because he's had experiences where he has seen uh, deceased family members, and uh-huh. you know, they've in one case his grandfather saved him from getting into a car accident when he fell asleep at the wheel. Uh-huh. And you know, I've I, I've only had little periphery kind of instances where we've we've been at a place and you get that feeling of like just awfulness coming over you, and then you find out why. Um, but it, it's it's fascinating to me to actually have the experiences that you two have had where you've actually seen and communicated with. Um, yeah, it just, it's something that I've incorporated into the books because of his stories of, and, and even, you know, his mom has this story. She grew up in the hills of Tennessee. And I can remember when we were first dating, she said, if I have a dream and there's a white horse in the dream, that means somebody is going to die. And I was like, whoa. And, her- and it happens every, every time. If she has that dream, someone, wow. someone died. Her father uh, came to her when he died. She was living in Atlanta. He was still on the farm in Tennessee. Uh, but he came to her the night he died, within five minutes. Um, her mother, her mother's mom, her grandmother was a uh, they called him. They called him a, a, a midwife. We think of that as someone that births babies. Well, they did that, but they were also healers. Um, and her grandmother would um, be in one place and then in another place at the same time. Uh, transcendental meditation. A lot of people would call it. She. Um, she would. Uh, my mother fell into a fire. And uh, a big bonfire, they were burning off all the uh, old wood from a barn. My mother fell into it. They pulled her out of the fire. My grandmother came over. And I know you can't see this if you're watching the podcast, but my, grand- my great-grandmother came over and was grabbing the fire and sucking it like that. And there was not even, not even her clothes were singed. And she um, doesn't have any scarring or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, and my mom to this day, she she made my father get a radio because when he was going to work early in the mornings, she would hear people walking up and down the the hallways at their house. (laughs) They live in now. So she's got that. She, I I don't have that. I mean, my grandfather woke me up, but that was probably because he needed to, however he got channeled into doing that. I don't, I don't know, but I, you know, I've, I have experienced, um, the other world, if you want to call it, but not in the sense that you have. And that, and I find your story very fascinating that the experiences of that year led to 
something that has helped so many other people. And I think that's fantastic. Thank you. That's certainly my goal. And, and it's so, so life is so much richer when you're doing what, when you're helping others. It must be. I mean, I, I look at you telling this story about your life before and your life now, and it's like, it's almost like the story before of the corporate world is in like black and white. And then this is like in technicolor because it's just, I think what you speak about is something that like everybody uh, struggles with the, you know, I went to college, I got a job, I'm, you know, working this job and, you know, you could be very successful, but, you know, are you enriched and are you doing something that's meaningful and valuable? And I think that it's incredible what you went through and what you, the point you got to. And I just, I think it's amazing and super cool. <laughs> well, well, thank you. And I didn't expect to work with animals in the beginning. Yeah, I was going to Yeah, I, you know, I did always have that office or cube or whatever, no matter what I was doing, where people could come in and they knew that they were, they could talk and they weren't going to be judged in any way. They were going to be accepted as they are. So I would always say, well, if, if I was good at school, I would have been, I would have been a psychotherapist. <laughs> and then I learned that I could be a healer in this way. And I was trained by two psychotherapists, along with many other psychotherapists who were just adding this in as another modality. Okay. And, um, and then it was through the training process that I said, I wonder if this will work on animals. Right. And, and then I just started asking my friends if I could work on their animals. And it was amazing how quickly the animals would respond to the healing work because they don't get in their head. You know, they're not overthinking it. They just yeah. go, oh, I know what this is. And then they just allow the connection and they allow the healing much more quickly. But what really got me on, I guess what you would call my lane, is that when I began doing sessions on animals, and I could, at that point, I'm seeing the energy, right? And so I could see these, these defense patterns in the animals that were the exact same and were mirroring what their person held. So if I was looking at an animal and I was seeing this defense pattern energetically around an unhealed or unresolved abandonment wound, I would see the same pattern in their person. Wow. And this happened in every single situation. <sighs> and that to me was just extraordinary. Yeah. You know? that's, and why, I look that's why I say Riley is a worrier because she mirrors me so much, even though Finley and I are, he's my soul dog. Mm. Um, but, you know, Finley loves me. Riley loves Michael. I mean, it's just, they, they love both of us, but, you know, they gravitate towards each of us in that way. And, but she, uh, she's a total mirror for me. She's a goofball. She's nutty, but she worries and she's so empathetic. You know, if you get upset, she's in your face and almost to where it's annoying, you know, you're like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, it's just a Georgia game, you know, <laughs> but um, it's interesting because, you know, I don't, I don't know if Finley mirrors us, but I, I definitely see it with Ryan. They always mirror us if they're in our house and in our heart and home, um, they're, they're going to be mirroring something for do they sometimes take take ailments from us? I've heard tales of people saying that they were diagnosed with a type of cancer and then the dog ended up having that cancer and then the person survived and the dog passed. I mean, is that something where they're, they could actually take away our? They can. They can. And their souls are evolving as well. 
And so they, they want to serve people. That's what really motivated me to do a deeper inner healing journey. I was always sick a lot in my 20s and 30s. It wasn't just because I wasn't unfulfilled. Some of it was because of those the past wounds that I had repressed that were just showing up physically. But my animals, if I got asthma, my cat got asthma. If I got a UTI, my other animal got a UTI. And even then, even though I didn't have the level of consciousness I have now, I thought, what are the odds that they have the exact same physical ailment? And that doesn't happen in every situation, but it motivated me because of how enmeshed I get with my animals Mm -hmm. to work on my own inner healing journey. And I'll tell you what, when I did that, and I'm still, I'm I'm always going to be doing that. I'm always, you know, I'm always healing myself and we're never done, but my animals got so much healthier. Wow. That's great. That's an important thing for people to understand because when you think about could, could what I'm doing to myself or not doing for myself affect my animal, I think then that takes it kind of to another level where you don't want to make them unnecessarily unnecessary. You don't want to make them suffer, you know, unnecessarily with, you know, respect to your issues. So is it, has it, you ever noticed, does it go the other way where, an animal gets sick and we pick up those traits or start showing symptoms of them? Sure. We, again, the closer emotionally we get to our animals, the bigger chance there is of their, the, the more physical things showing up, you know, at the minimum, the emotional things are going to show up, but yeah, we can, we, there's nothing we wouldn't do for our kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. so, you know that then then absolutely because sometimes as you guys know in rescue work you know i i learned more than you know i've donated over a thousand sessions over the years to you know the shelters and i always get the bad cases you know deemed unadoptable those are the ones that they're wanting to try anything with and some of their stories are just horrific Mm -hmm. and you know i don't even share it with the people anymore because i think why have that visual, yes. you know, why then, then you can't get that out of your head. Yeah. You right. Know? They've already manifested being in a better place, but yeah, they come in with wanting to heal things at a soul level, just like we do. When you, when you work with animals and I guess it would work with humans too, but when you work with an animal that can't tell you, and so you're, you're, what does that look like for you? Are you, cause you know, as I, as I wrote my character doing this, it's a, it's a touch and not, I couldn't make every animal she touched tell her something because then she couldn't touch her own animals. And so I had to make sure, but when, when she touches, it's like flashes of what the animal is trying to communicate visually. And then just the feelings, what is the process like for you, somebody who this actually happens to, what does that feel like to you when you say you've got a a, a rescue case where it's a, a rough case? What does that, how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's different for each person, you okay. know, for, for, for someone that has, that's a healer, okay. everyone experiences energy differently. And so for me, what I learned was early in the process, I used to go out to barns and people's homes and whatnot. And then I started in my part of my training for people, I learned how to do this remotely, where you okay. just go into yourself and then you tap into their soul, heart to heart, soul to soul. And I started trying that with animals. And it turned out that it worked even better because if you're in the house, they're on, they're, they're on guard a bit. 
you know, you're, there's a stranger in the house or in the barn or whatever. And I found that the more relaxed they get, even to the point of going to sleep, it's more of a surrender mode for them. And then we can really get to those deeper emotional wounds. So now I've been a hundred percent remote or just over the phone or zoom, you know, for, for a long, long time now, almost two decades. And so I usually tap into them and I ask their soul's permission if I could connect with them heart to heart, soul to soul. And then immediately I will feel on my body what they feel on theirs. And then I just see this healing process starting to happen. And I just observe, I go into allow mode because I don't want to, you know, the person will usually want something very specific, heal their cancer, heal this, you know, and of course it's right and perfect outcome, whatever that is. There's a plan, there's a higher plan everything and so I go into allow mode and I'm just able to see energetically what you know emotional wounds they haven't healed where the energy is going what's clearing so sometimes there's anger or grief or sadness clearing or trauma from you know their background that's clearing and then um, and then I actually will see this kind of backfill of this really yummy energy coming in that's a higher vibration it usually has very specific colors so I will see, you asked me specifically, I will see different um, colors and rays of light that come in. There's, there's this one purging red light that comes in. I call it the Roto-Rooter ray. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes in and it really clears out some of the past traumas within the animal and the person. Uh, you know, now I've been doing tandem healings for many years. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to, to ask you about yeah, for both the person and the animal, uh, I visualize just like a triangle between our hearts as we connect during these sessions because I really wanted to find out if the person who's mirroring them the most, who's more enmeshed energetically, if they would both heal faster yeah. and the outcome would be longer lasting, you know, if I did that. And the answer was absolutely yes. Wow. Wow, that makes sense to to treat them together. And I know that's this is something you've trademarked, right? This is it is, yes. You know, I did a lot of hundreds of case studies because I wanted to see how it would work and did every pairing have great results? No, but many more of them than what I anticipated had extraordinary results. And it's really again for those people who were very open to looking at their own wounds, and for those who aren't. You know, I get a lot of calls, obviously, for for just the animal, and sometimes that's very appropriate, but if they do emotionally, if they're very close, the animal is probably going to heal quickly during the session, but then might revert back if the person who's mirroring that same wound hasn't worked on their stuff because they're just going to absorb it again. Yes. Yeah, that that makes makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. It's fascinating, and I think that one thing that all of us animal lovers have a hard time understanding is when people will just, you know, oh, we don't have time for a dog anymore, take it to a shelter, or even rehoming it being traumatic for that animal. So um, are you here to tell us that yes, (laughs) that is the case that these animals can feel abandonment, they can feel, I mean, because we know animals feel uh, pain and joy and, you know, emotions uh would you say yes that is that is the case that they they can feel those things oh sure yeah i mean they they've had invasiveness in their background you know as you know a lot of them get uh, very have a lot of trauma in their background that's invasiveness they get abandoned they get betrayed 
you know, they all these, there's five core emotional wounds and, um, and sure they feel that, but know that when you are relating to an animal for being abandoned and returned, you know, adopted, returned, you know, those stories, yeah. know that that's the part of you that's been abandoned. That's tapping into that. It's like, we kind of relate when we can relate to what the animal, what we perceive the animal is feeling, mm -hmm. that's helping us tap into a part of our wounding that needs to come up to be released. Okay. That's, yeah, that's interesting. And, and, you know, I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I, I wish people would make um, a little bit more of a soul searching decision before getting a pet, because, you know, it, it is a responsibility all we can hope for is that those that do go through that process end up in a better, more loving family situation because that, that just, you know, the, the fact that a lot of people feel that pets are disposable, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get a pet because it would be cool to post on Instagram. And then they realize what, you know, what a commitment it is. I mean, I've heard that having a dog is like having a toddler for the, for the, entirety of their lives because that's the point that an animal or a dog will mature to. So it's, it's a lot of responsibility that, you know, should not be taken lightly. And, and when you, we talk to somebody like you and the, 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 the mirroring and the, the emotions that they feel, I, I hope this helps people understand, you know, a dog is not just a dog and a cat's not just a cat. Yeah, absolutely. And when they get, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, have, have you ever, you know, going to a zoo or anything like that. I mean, I, I've often wondered what those animals are feeling. You know, here's a tiger. He's supposed to be running on the plains of India and he's in a cage. I've often wondered how they are emotionally. And, and I think there are examples of zoos doing good work, but I also think that there's examples of uh, animals to entertain us. And I just wondered if you've ever had that experience. Well, I'm glad you asked that because that's certainly on the hearts of a lot of animal lovers. And it's difficult to imagine what some of these animals are thinking and what they've experienced. And we would like to open all cage doors, right, as animal lovers. And I would, me personally, I, I avoid zoos. <laughs> yeah. you know, energetically, it's just a, a little overwhelmed for me. And so, you know, that's another reason why doing it over the phone is a little easier for me, especially at the rescue centers. If I go in there, it's just, I get, I get over, there's overstimulated right. and taking it one at a time, but know that, let me give you a little bit of peace. So know that animals are on their evolutionary soul journey and they have signed up, I believe like we have, to experience different things to evolve our souls. I mean, certainly animals are counting on us to speak up on their behalf. Don't, don't get me wrong. That's, that's in there. We need to speak up on their behalf and they're counting on that. But those souls sometimes that have chosen to be in those situations have chosen to be part of the change that they hope will happen through that as a soul, at a soul level, they may have chosen exactly that. Um, and, and some of them, you know, as I've, I've worked at rescue organizations. I've worked on a tiger before. I worked on different animals. And sometimes they will say that a big part of this was that they wanted to educate humanity about their kind, about their species. Sounds, and, yeah. and they're okay with that. 
that doesn't, again, if they're mistreated, it's, you know, it doesn't mean we let that go, but there could be a higher purpose, I guess is my point to their individual soul's journey. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So with that question, I wonder too, um, I had a, I had a a moment with a lizard a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) We often think about our pets, but do you, do you feel the energy in nature as well? Like when you're, I think through this quarantine, one of the, well, two of the great things is number one, being at home with the dogs every single day, working from home has been a dream come true. Um, But I've been spending a lot more time outside in my hammock, listening to the birds, you know, I have, I did see a snake a couple of days ago that bothered me and I tried it. It was non-venomous. So I try to be like, okay, you're good. Just, I'm going inside now. (laughs) But uh, I was planting some flowers in the front of the house and there was this lizard on, there was a a rock, you know, flat rock right there. And there was a lizard there. And I was like, I, I called her a she, I don't know why. I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to plant some flowers so you can have a prettier spot to enjoy. So, you know, I'm going to be right here. And so she hopped off the, the, you know, hopped off the, the rock and went right up by the side of the house, only about a foot, a foot and a half from me. And the whole time she sat there watching me, not afraid, you know, I mean, I, when have I known a lizard to just sit there while I'm planting flowers and, you know, not be afraid. And it was the coolest thing. And so I'm talking to her as I'm gardening. And I told Michael, I'm like, oh, wow, the neighbors are going to think I'm nuts because already, you know, I'm goofy. But, you know, I'm now the lady that's talking to the lizard, (laughs) talking to the chipmunk, you know. So do you do you have any I mean, do you feel their energy, too, when you're in nature? Yeah, I was laughing because welcome to my world. yeah, I mean, it, whatever nature gives us, nature's animals are messengers for us. And I teach classes about animals. It's kind of a Native American animal totems type of class. And these animals that we have those moments with are usually messengers for us. And so one of the ways to identify what they're telling us is what you're seeing in the animal. So what you were seeing was this very brave lizard who was not easily startled, who wanted to coexist, right? And, and so it's like you, you're seeing a part of yourself. You're seeing this very brave, um, you know, it's like the, the, I had one woman in, a, in one of those classes uh, say, well, yeah, well, I have this cardinal every day when I'm sitting at my desk at work who comes up to the glass and grabs onto the window and starts banging its head in the, in the glass every single day. And all I do is look at it and say, why are you so stupid to bang your head? Uh-huh. Like the- <laughs> and and she's and I said to her and I said, well, let me ask you tomorrow when that happens, if it does happen, think about where your thoughts are in that moment, and are you beating yourself up about something? Wow. And she said that I mean, just the look on her face was enough, and the bird never did it again. Wow. And that's what will happen. We'll get these types of messages, and they'll keep trying over and over and over again until we get the message. Okay, I'm beating, I'm beating myself up. And then the bird just stopped, you know. And she stopped. But, oh yeah, never did it again. Well, that's interesting that you say that about bravery because I'm, I'm, I'm needing to be brave in a certain aspect of something I'm working on. And, and that's very interesting. It, like, it, me, it means a lot to me. So I, I, you know, and here I just thought I was the crazy lady talking to the lizard that wasn't afraid of me. I'm like, Oh, no, you're, you're still crazy <laughs> and still scary. 
So tell us about. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, I obviously met you when Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions was a new book. Um, I know it has since been republished. Um, and then Animal Soul Contracts is your newest book. So tell us about your books. I mean, obviously, I am sure the reason that you wanted to write them was just to further help people understand the, 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 the message we've talked about today. But tell us about your books. And, you know, I mean, that's a big reason why we're here. We want to help promote what you're doing. We want to promote your work and, um, and, and, and your books. So tell us about that journey. Well, the, the first book that you were aware of, you know, and I, I wanted to write that because when I discovered, when I say discover, when I realized that people and animals mirror these five different core emotional wounds and that when, you know, they heal together, they heal faster. I tried to find books on that and I couldn't, I wanted to learn more about that. I thought I can't be the only one that sees this and I couldn't find it anywhere. So that's how I knew I needed to write about it. I'm not a writer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm a healer. And I thought it took me seven years from the knowing that I needed to write that book to having a book in my hand. Mm. And it is definitely kind of a beginner's, uh, book for people to look at their animals differently and to see see what they're telling us about the messages through their behaviors and through their physical ailments, what they might be mirroring for us or helping us see about ourselves so that we can heal together. Now, the second book, the second book was not on the radar at all. And it was after I got Bodhi and Rumi, I had lost two senior animals at 17 and 18, and I did not want more animals. I had, you know, my publisher, I had a tour and I was going to be traveling, did not want to write another book. You know, it was, it's not like I just sit down and write and start typing and channeling something. It's a, it's a process for me. It's not an easy process. And I think I it's not an easy process for anybody. <laughs> well, I hear some people like, I love writing, and they just said, and, and I'm like, that's not me. You know, I just yeah. set timers. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but that idea came through, even though it's a level of my work, I didn't plan on sharing it. It's even more woo-woo, which I guess that means I'm embracing a, a different part of myself and allowing that to be seen. Yeah. You know, maybe I've been more comfortable now with that part of myself and I see its capacity to help others even more. So animal soul contracts came through after I got the two boys that I have now, Bodhi and Rumi, and it was during a meditation. And I literally saw the, the pyramid that's the diagram that's in the book of the seven different levels of animal soul contracts. So that book actually has a lot of the tandem healing case studies that were very profound so that people could identify within their relationships with their animals what types of soul contracts are operating because there are many different ones. And then, of course, it goes through the, the seven different kinds. And I also talk about the soul history of animals and how they have these evolutionary journeys and answer a lot of the questions that people ask me all the time, can they come back to you in a different form? You know, why would they choose to be abused? You know, just do they have karma like people do? All these different questions I decided to answer them all in this book and just kind of go there. (laughs) I think that's awesome because I think there, those are common questions that you hear. And I think everybody, you know, wishes that 
they can come back, especially after a loss. And, you know, I think I told you when we were and this was so long ago, I don't expect you to remember it. But when we were at that book signing that I, I, I leaned down with Finley and I was, you know, just rubbing his face and, and my childhood dog popped into my head. Like, like, like I was like, is he Buster? You know, like I was like, that was weird. And, um, and I, I know that can happen. They can pop in, right. They can. So I don't know that. I don't know if Finley and Buster are the same soul, but Buster was my dog as a child who I only had for three years. He got hit by a car and killed. So, and I was devastated because, you know, you are, and I'm highly sensitive person. So, um, yeah, I, I, it, I think a lot of people have that question because we, when we do connect so deeply with these animals, we do have some hope that, you know, they will, that, that we will see them again. Yeah. And you will, you'll yeah. see them all. And yeah, and we do have, there are certain animal souls that will pop in, uh, frequently, you know, as much as what we need them. And we just need to trust that process that it's unfolding as it should. Some people get really focused on, I want this particular animal back now. Yeah. And they want that experience back. They want the way they felt when they were with them back, you know, is what it comes down to. Right. And so part of the evolutionary journey is to trust that you'll be okay no matter, no matter what. And that, yeah, maybe they come back and what a blessing that would be. But if not, there's going to be some other plan that might even be even better. Who knows? Well, that was, I mean, that's very um, exemplary of what happened with us with, with Finley because we had already contacted the breeder, a reputable breeder. We had, uh, we had, I had put down a deposit and our family's dog, Sammy, died in my arms. And, and he and I were, you know, we were, because I'm that person in the family with the animals, right? And so I remember to this day, just crying in bed at night. And I'm just telling him, I am never going to love another dog the same way. And how am I, why are we getting this dog? You know, and, and I was just, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't sleep. And he said, you're going to love him differently. And we could not have received a more different, you know, and, and now of course, Finley and I are like this and, you know, he's 16 and I have to stop myself from thinking about what happens when he goes, but um, and just let me butt in here. It took about five minutes <laughs> for, for that attitude to change. When she saw Finley, we, we picked him up and we had him in his, in his doggy crate, you know, driving, driving back to Georgia. And, uh, as puppies like to do, he started whimpering and she's like, uh, we can't do this. And I pulled over and he sat next to her the whole way. And from then on, tied at the hip they were so uh yeah, yeah so it well, it is amazing how these creatures come into your life and they all have a different uh spirit or soul as you say and they are you know i i, I see the point of them they're trying to teach us stuff we're trying to be guardians of them so i think that's kind of cool i'm sure uh, i'm sure riley sees a lizard right now <laughs> that's probably yeah. what that is all that's, about but I mean, it was very, it was, it was, you know, cause we do feel that deep pain when we lose. And then, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it can be the same soul cause Sammy was still alive when, when, when Finley was born. So, um, but yeah, like when he said, you're going to love this and, and Finley could not have been more different. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking a Yorkie versus a border terrier, much higher energy, much different animal, but um, it's just, it's fascinating stuff. And I think um, for, 
Can you give us a snippet of like what the animal soul contract means? Like there's seven different ones, but it's the contract that we have with our animals or? So we, yeah, as at a soul level, we actually, um, these contracts are, you know, for both of our souls, we've chosen to come together for growth so that we will heal together so that we will grow together and learn more together and, and experience more love and less struggle. I mean, that's the goal of every soul contract. We have them with people as well, and those are well documented. But I wanted to document these contracts that we have with our animals, because for those of us that don't have kids, you know, not that you, you know, if you do have kids, you don't get as close, but I mean, especially for those that are empaths and introverts and highly sensitive and don't have two-legged kids, you know, we, we tend to get a little closer to our animals. And the closer you get with them, then you're absolutely going to have these soul contracts for your mutual growth. And the top level of the pyramid is, I call it the pinnacle teachings. And those are the ones that are most commonly known that you've experienced. Those are the unconditional love, the grace, the acceptance, these high vibrating, you know, teachings that they come into our life to help us see and believe in and integrate into our psyche, into our being. That is fantastic. Well, I know we've taken up way more of your time than I even said we would. And I knew this was going to happen because I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I have no idea how much it's fine. <laughs> oh. um, is there anything else that you would like to tell us about your books, your practice? I know that people can contact you from anywhere to have sessions either individually or with their animals. Um, tell us where people can find you and, and, and what you can do to help. Well, thank you. Yes, I have. It's an all virtual healing practice. So I've been very busy these last few months um, with this with this uh, pandemic, because and especially with the animals who are holding such a higher vibration for us right now, and being the conduits to help uh, us heal globally, I believe. But my website is TammyBilbs.com. I offer individual uh, sessions for people, animals, and of course the tandem ones. I do, I have supervisory groups for animal practitioners to help grow their business and, um, and yeah, and the books. And I have lots of workshops and webinars about the contents of the book. So it's all on my website. I'm I need to so take worried. some of those workshops. That'll help me with writing these characters. And I, I also want to add, I know it's probably not a big focus, but you've got some great meditations on the Insight Timer because I've listened to them. So oh, thank you. people can check you out there too. And yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the pandemic because I was going to ask you now, not only do we have the pandemic, but we have the, the unrest in, in across the globe. That's got to be affecting the animals just like it's affecting us. Yeah, the and the animals are the animals roll with things as you know a bit easier, and especially the ones in nature. They just in, they, their instincts allow them to pivot and shift, yeah. like when there's a storm, right? Yep. They don't think about oh, there's a storm coming, I need to do this. They just do it. Yeah, <laughs> they just tap into it. They haven't lost that connection. They really nurture their connection to a higher power in a way that. Um, that we could emulate, you know, strive to duplicate in our lives and just trust. So yes, they're affected right now, but they are moving it out. They have ways to move out traumas that are much healthier responses than what we do, but they're, they're here to help mankind, mankind yet again. 
That's, that's so great that you said that, that they, they have that faith and trust in the higher power and that we can all learn from that because that is something that I have found throughout this scenario is that I, I'm trusting in God and I know that we are all going to be okay. And, you know, I think that that just helps in so many ways. And, and I do, I watch the, I watch the ants and I watch the birds and I watch, and I'm like, they're all going on with their lives. Like they're not stopping and being scared about something. They're, they've got to go get food or go build a house or you know, whatever. And so that was something that I noticed early on when I was sitting out and watching the critters. I thought, you know, they're not freaking out. <laughs> Maybe well, they're probably happier because the, you know, the air is purer and, yes. you know, and things are quieter for them. There's not as much, you know, energy. Yes. So, so I'm sure they are loving the, uh, the deep breath that Mother Earth has, has received the past few months. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. This has been such a treat. And um, everybody, make sure to find her at TammyBillups.com. You will find a wealth of information on her website. And I'm definitely going to check out some of your workshops because I just think I can learn a ton from you. Fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for being on. Yes. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.